If you go ahead and take your Bibles in your hands, it may be electronic, it may be paper, leather covered, paper covered, <laughs> fake leather covered. Take it and turn to Luke chapter 4, the Gospel of Luke chapter 4. As you're turning there, and I began to share last week how there are so many face to face encounters that Jesus had with people. You'll see this throughout Scripture, these face-to-face encounters. A, a, a person is there and Jesus comes upon them, or Jesus is there and the person comes to them. And these face-to-face, person-to-person encounters, Jesus desired this. It's, it's why he came. He didn't just come and you know stand on a, on a mountain, declare it, and then go back to heaven. He was with people face-to-face, and the, the changes that happened in them continue to happen in us today. Now, of course, we can't see Jesus face to face today as they did then. But the encounters, the, the, the difference that he made in their lives then, he continues to do now. So, so Luke chapter 4, Jesus was in the community of Capernaum. It's on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. And the the Bible records here that earlier that day, Jesus had been in the synagogue. Uh, That's the local place of worship. And verse 38 says this, and Jesus left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Let me just pause here for a moment. Simon is also known as Peter. So when you see Simon in this context, think Peter, the, the apostle Peter or the disciple named Peter. He left and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her, that is, Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she rose and began to serve them. For just a moment, I want you to picture that in your mind. The, just, uh, just, just before this, Jesus had cast demons out of a man, and word got around about that. Now, after that happened in the synagogue, uh, and I've actually been in that synagogue, the foundations are still there in Capernaum, and, and uh, after he leaves the synagogue, he goes, they ask him, they say, Peter's or Simon's mother-in-law is ill. He goes to her house. It says he stood over her and rebuked the fever. Uh, In another gospel, it says that he reached out and he touched her. And I want you to just picture that in your minds. He's standing over her. She's very ill, perhaps even unconscious, and he reaches out. He touches her. He rebukes the fever, and it left her, and immediately she rose and began to serve them. What a really dramatic thing happened. So word spread. Now, that's understandable, right? When, when word gets out that there's power in, in a person to heal, word got out in such a way that, 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 that other people began telling what happened at Simon's house. It would, and it's understandable, that, that, that word like that would spread. Verse 40 records what happened next. Now when the sun was setting, still the same day, now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. So again, uh, word spread. We understand that. 
People are talking. The, 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 the communication was as effective then as social media is now. It, it, it moved quickly and people began to tell. And they, and they said, well, if Jesus can rebuke and just speak to a, a fever and it leaves, then perhaps he can do something with, with my sickness, my infirmity. And, and they come and they bring Jesus, or excuse me, they bring people to Jesus. And it says here a, a, a variety of sicknesses, various diseases. That means that really anything. There were people that had injuries that had resulted from a fall or some, some other kind of injury. Uh, there were people with diseases. There were people with every kind of sickness. And they're bringing them to him. And it says he touched them all. It really didn't matter the degree of the sickness or the length of the sickness, it says he healed them. I want you to notice that in that verse here, a variety of diseases, and he healed them, he touched them, and healed them all. Now, this is a significant event, event that happened here in Luke chapter 4, but healing was not limited to the earthly ministry of Jesus. It was not limited to just that three-year period of time in which Jesus ministered in a public setting. It's not limited to that time. This was the heart and the intention of, of God. You, you actually see the miraculous happening throughout the Bible. All the way back to the book of Genesis, you see miraculous events happening, and we know that its origin, of course, is from God. Under the ministries of Elijah and Elisha particularly, you see a lot of physical healing happening. That's all Old Testament. That's hundreds of years before this time. It wasn't limited to Jesus' ministry, but it predated that public ministry. People's lives, physical lives, were changed at the power of God. In fact, centuries earlier, in, in Psalm 103, it says, he is the Lord who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Isn't that a great verse? It says there that he forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. If you were here last week, you, you heard about that face-to-face -face encounter that Jesus had with John the Baptist. And how John the Baptist said, behold, he pointed to Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So he identified him in that face-to-face -face encounter, he identified him as the, the Savior, the forgiver, the, the, the one who forgives the sins of the world. But Psalm 103 again says, God forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. It, it, it is the intention and the heart of God. And I want you to notice that word that you see there in Psalm 103, the word heal or heals, means to mend. It means to repair. It means to make whole. It means that something is not as it was intended that something is broken, something is in need of repair, and it is repaired. It is mended. It is made whole. God does that. The power of God moving on a person's, even their physical body, and bringing health to them. So this face-to-face -face encounter, this face-to-face -face encounter that a person had with Jesus in Luke chapter 4 was actually his first recorded miracle of healing. 
Now, there may have been others, but it's the first one recorded, the first occasion recorded in which Jesus, the power of God, was directed into a person's physical body and they were healed. But there are many accounts throughout the Gospels of Jesus' healing. By the way, and I need to point this out, Luke, who the Holy Spirit used to write this Gospel, right? That's what we call it, the Gospel of Luke. Luke was by training a physician. He was a doctor. Now, they didn't have eight years of, of intensive training like they do now, but, but, but for, the, for the level of his day, he was, he was an accomplished person in the understanding of medicine to that point. So I wonder, in fact, that's why our local, uh, one of our local hospitals is called St. Luke's because he was a physician. That's, that's, it's that, that connection. But I wonder... I wonder, and I don't know this for sure, but I wonder if because Luke was a doctor and he understood the limitations of medical procedures, no one understands that more than a physician. I wonder if he had a greater appreciation for the healing power of Jesus. Because again and again throughout Luke's gospel, you see him recounting these miracles of healing. Throughout Luke's gospel, Many face-to-face accounts of healing. In chapters 4, right here in chapter 4 that we just read, chapter 5, 7, 8, 9, 10, 13, 14, 17, 18, and 22. And in many of those chapters, there are multiple accounts of healing. And yet healing power was not to be limited to that three-year window of Jesus' earthly ministry. In fact, when Jesus first, when, when, he, when Jesus is standing with his disciples and uh, his, his final directions to him, to the followers of Jesus, followers then and now, among other things, Jesus said, we would lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That was not spoken to just a handful of people uh, at that time. It was spoken to them and to us. We are directed to lay hands on the sick so that they will come into physical healing. You see this. You see this in in that time and in this time. In the book of Acts, which is the history book of the early church, you'll find people doing what Jesus told them to do. It was just a a few months ago. it It was online. There was no one here when I shared it, but I talked about that one of those early healings of, of the apostles of a, of a person who was crippled and in the name of Jesus they were raised up. That happened after Jesus ascended into heaven as people believing that what Jesus said was true and that Jesus could use them for healing. <clears throat> it says that in the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, They said, rise up and walk. And they did what Jesus told them to do. And there was healing. I believe in physical healing because this book declares it. I believe in physical healing because this book says there's healing in the name of Jesus. Again and again, we are told of how God people, this book declares it, so therefore that is enough for me. I believe in physical healing because Jesus called us to do that. I believe that that 
that part of the Great Commission where Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover, that that is for us. So I believe that that is a directive that he gave to them and to us. I also believe in physical healing because Jesus has healed me. I've shared my testimony before, and I won't take the time this morning to go into all of the details, only to say that on two significant occasions, there have been others, but on two significant occasions, I experienced healing in Jesus' name. The first was when I was an infant, and I had gone through a series of tests, and the doctors had determined that there was some profound uh, cognitive impairment. The wording was different at that time, but that's essentially what the doctor said. My mother, before she left and went home, which was about 15 miles away on the farm in which we lived in Minnesota, before, before she went home, she contacted the pastor, and she took me to the pastor's home, and the pastor and his wife and another godly woman in the church who they had called came together and they laid hands on me and Jesus healed me that day. He touched me that day. The healing was immediate and the healing was profound. And I am here in part today as your pastor because Jesus touched my mind all those years ago. Glory to God. I, I, I of course take no glory for that. How could I? I, I didn't touch me, Jesus touched me. The second time, I do remember, at age 12, I asked for prayer for healing from a life-crippling and life-shortening disease. In fact, I had been diagnosed with this disease two, two and a half years before, and for two years, I had been praying for this healing. I, every week, every time there was a, an opportunity for prayer, I usually sat with my family in the sanctuary there. It was just two sections in the, in the building, and I would usually sit about halfway back. And, and I remember so many times going out to the outer aisle and walking up and coming up for prayer. And I did that for two years. I was that guy who shows up every week. Would you pray for me again? I don't know if I annoyed the pastor or not, but... I, I, I just, I, I really believe that, that we're supposed to do this, and I went forward. And I don't know why I hadn't been healed earlier. I don't have an answer to that, but I know that on one amazing night, I was healed from one moment to the next. I, I was in intense pain. I had the, the limitations that went with this disease. I, I physically felt the limitations, and I, of course, felt the intense pain all of the time, but in, in one amazing moment, the terrible pain was gone, the function returned, and that disease has never again limited my body. Glory to God. Had I not experienced it, had I kept going up and, and, and eventually maybe stopped asking for prayer, had I not experienced healing on those occasions, particularly the one that I remember, I'd still believe in it because this book declares it. I have to be careful and we have to be careful that we do not 
we do not alter our theology or alter truth or attempt, you can't alter it, attempt to alter truth because of our own experience or the lack of experience. If God declared it in his word, then it is for me, it is for you, it is for everyone, it is for today. But I am also confident, I am also very confident that I would not have been healed if someone had not stepped out in faith and prayed for healing in the name of Jesus. I believe that Jesus healed me, but I also believe that I had a part on that second occasion of going forward. My mother and others who in faith believing stepped forward and said, we're going to pray for this infant in Jesus' name. Because of God's power and because of people's obedience and trust and, and standing firm in faith on the truth, the veracity of God's word, they said, this book says it, we declare it, and we're going to believe in it. And so we pray for healing in Jesus' name. That's also one of the reasons why I was healed. In many churches today, 2020, in many churches that Jesus still heals is not taught. In many gatherings, in many places where people come together in the name of Jesus, there is no opportunity given for prayer for healing. And this, I believe, is tragic. And I wonder how many people who are carrying things how many people have not experienced healing by the power of God because no one believed that what was said then is for today and that we can pray for healing in Jesus' name? There are churches. I mean, people who love the Lord, who declare the, the Lord, and, I, and, I, and God bless them. I love them. But some say that this is no longer for today, that that was limited to the first century, that when the last disciple died, then these gifts, these healings died with them. And that is not true because I know that God's word says that this is for all diseases and all people for all time until Jesus returns. Again, I mentioned earlier in John chapter 14, Jesus said that those who believe in him will do what he did. In fact, Jesus even doubled down on it. Jesus said, in fact, they will do greater things in my name. Now, that's really impressive because we have the account of many of the things that Jesus did. And Jesus said, you who believe and pray in my name will do even greater things. But what about, what about those? What about that, those that we've prayed for and who passed away? Funeral this last week is going to be a funeral in coming days. What about those who are critically ill? What about those who are right here in this room and you're, you've been carrying something for a long time? And you've prayed, what, what about those? Why haven't they been healed yet? Why weren't they healed? I mentioned earlier that for two, two and a half years, I would come down that aisle and it would hurt. 
And I kept saying, God, why? Why hasn't it come yet? I don't know. But I'm going to, maybe today. Maybe you'll touch me today. But I had those moments where it was like, God, why? Why? Why hasn't it come to me? People talk about it, but why hasn't it come to me? I've met with many people as a pastor now. I've met with many people who've had what we call a crisis of faith. Because they prayed, and they prayed hard, and they prayed believing, and the answer did not come in the way or in the time that they wanted. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've had a crisis of faith. You heard it, and you're hearing it again this morning. Yeah, I know that. I know what the Word says. But when I pray, nothing happens. When I prayed for that loved one, they weren't healed. I, I, I pray for that, that family member who's so precious to me. And, and, and God, why hasn't it happened yet? And sometimes, oftentimes, people have a crisis of faith and they, they say, why isn't it happening? I've asked those kinds of questions. Over the course of 25 years, my father had three major medical emergencies, all heart-related Each time, God miraculously extended my father's life, and we were grateful for that. I mean, it was just an intervention of God that my father was alive. He extended his life by about 25 years. About 18 months ago, many of you know, my father died from cancer. We had prayed for his healing. We believed, but healing in the way that we asked did not come, and his life was not extended. The loved ones that we've spoken of this morning or the word that you received maybe this last week from some far distant relative or a friend or that co-worker that that you labored beside or that student that you studied beside and and you prayed for them and and, and it it didn't happen and you wonder, God, why? The thing is with my father and with a brother named Roger who was who died a few few days ago and with my dear friend your friend Wendy who passed away this morning healing did come healing did come and I'm not saying this as a concession I say it with conviction healing did come Philippians chapter 3 verses 20 and 21 says this about followers of Jesus Christ listen to this this morning our citizenship is in heaven And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body. Do you see that word transformed? It says He's going to transform, He's going to change, fundamentally change our our bodies so that our bodies are going to be like His body. It's, it's, it's it's, It's going to be transformed, it's going to be changed. Someday we're going to shed this wretched, broken, at best patched together body and we're going to get in exchange for it a glorious body of which there will be no end. And this is what happened when I'm going over this message and I'm right at this point when I get a phone call this morning and I, yes, I, and, I, and I hurt, I hurt like you. And yet I say, glory to God. Somebody later on said, how's Wendy doing? And my first thought was, she's doing pretty well. She has a new body that will never need 
any kind of chemotherapy. It will never need any kind of a fix. You see, you see our citizenship, as this, as this text states, our citizenship is not here. Folks, I, I, I declare this again with conviction. We're just passing through. This is not our home. This is not our home. Our loved ones who passed away, the, the people that meant so much to us, they're home. We're just, we're just waiting, but we're going to get there. This is not our home. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've surrendered your life to him, your citizenship is there, not here. God help us from ever thinking that this is our eternal home. Boy, if this is our eternal home, we are in a heap of trouble. This is miserable. I mean, I like life. Don't get me wrong. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, likens our body to a building. And it says this, When our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. It's a building. It's a structure. And someday I'm going to get an eternal, eternal home, an eternal building. It's eternal, folks. Best you're going to get, best you're going to get is maybe 100, 110 years here. Maybe 120. Um, I, I knew a lady once, uh, she looked to be about 157, I think she looked to be. What's the most that we're going to get? Not, not that long. You see, all of those people in the, in the Bible, you read their accounts through the Gospels, through the book of Acts, into the Old Testament, uh, even recounted many of them in the, uh, in the epistles, you see them, every one of those persons eventually died of something. Did you know that? I mean, you know, they're, they're still not walking around someplace in the Middle East saying, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, uh, I was healed and I'm still around. I haven't died. No, they eventually died of something. Some sickness led to their death. But if they were in Christ, each person received the ultimate healing, and that is an eternal body. Now, right now, right now, our nation... Right now, our, I'm changing, but stay with me. Right now, our nation is divided in ways few of us have ever seen in our lifetime. There are things that are happening which reveal the brokenness and the wounds within people. They've always been there, or they've been there a long time. It's just that certain circumstances are revealing, are exposing those things. Earlier, just a few moments ago, I shared... How two times particularly, Jesus healed my mind, and he healed my body. Yet I must also tell you, and I will certainly not go into detail with all of this, but I will tell you that on countless occasions, too many for me to count, into the thousands of times when my heart or my emotions and even my spirit was wounded, Jesus healed me. I've experienced physical healing. It was dramatic, it was profound, and it changed the way that I feel, it changed the way that I operate. I believe that Jesus heals our bodies, and I'll declare it until the day he takes me home. 
But Jesus also has healed my spirit and he's healed your spirit and the wounds that come. You know some of those wounds. The, the words that people say, the actions that they make. Don't raise your hands, but how many here have, have, have just been laid wide open as somebody cut you with comments and words and statements or inaction? Or they, 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 they made a conclusion about you based upon any number of things and they passed judgment on you and it was wounding. It hurt deeply. And yet Jesus still heals. There are so many people in our nation, around our world, who are doing any number of things, but it's exposing, it's revealing that there are some wounds inside the origins of which can be many. But I'll tell you what, there is one healer and his name is Jesus. See, I believe in healing and I believe that he touches our physical bodies and we, we can and we should pray for that. I also know that Jesus can touch our inner person, can touch our spirits, can touch our emotions can touch those wounds that others inflicted upon us by their actions or inactions, by the things they said or the things they didn't say. When people tell me, and this has, again, happened more times than I can count. In fact, I've even said this to some of you. When people tell me how someone hurt them, wounded them, or offended them, when they tell me how someone close to them was injured and they recount how because someone close to them was injured and they picked up that injury or they picked up that offense and it wounded them by the way it's not just what people do to us that we can be wounded by but what people do to those who are close to us that can wound us and they recount these things to me and they share them with me and almost always my response to them, and in fact, over the years to many of you is, but Jesus can heal. But Jesus can heal. And they often say, but you don't understand what they did to me. And I said, I, you're right, I don't understand, but I know this, Jesus can heal. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a medical practitioner by any stretch of the imagination. I can't diagnose anything. If I did, I would get it wrong. I know nothing about medicine. I can't tell you how a disease started, but I know how a disease can end at the name of Jesus. I don't know what brought that wound to your heart, to your mind, to your emotions. I don't know what did that, and I'm not minimizing what was done, but I know this, it stops at the name of Jesus because he heals. I know a healer, and his name is Jesus. So this morning, this morning, face to face with Jesus, I want you, as last week, coming face to face with, with the one who forgives and takes away the sins of the world. But I also want you to come face to face with the one who can heal our bodies and our minds, and our hearts, and our emotions, and any number of things, and everything. All healing come at the name of Jesus.
this morning. We, uh, we want to pray. And uh, I, I know it's been some time, and we want to be very careful with this. We understand the protocols. We're very aware of that. And uh, we, will not, we will not ask you to do anything that, that would uh, hopefully compromise any kind of, of sickness. But I want to give you the opportunity to respond to this. And this morning, there, there may be some people here, and, and the way that we're going to do this in just a few moments, our worship team is going to lead us, and we're going to begin to just praise the Lord. And when we stand, I want you to know that you can consider yourselves dismissed. If it, but but I, I want you, either, either here in this room or if you're, if you're watching us online, I want you to do something that, that will, as a demonstration of faith, say, Lord, I believe what you say is true, and, and, and I want to I receive that healing. So would everyone, if, if it's all, at all possible, would you all stand here in this room? If you're, again, if you're watching us online, we want you to stay with us for just a few more minutes. And we're going to open up these altars. Um, we want you to come, and there will be someone here who will pray for you. We will, we will kind of spread out a little bit if you're comfortable with that. If you're with a, a husband or a wife or a family member, of course, you can. But, but I don't want a current situation to negate the power of prayer. I, I don't want what is happening in our world to say, well, we have to stop praying for people because I believe that there's healing in the name of Jesus and there's deliverance in the name of Jesus and there's victory in the name of Jesus. So in a, in a demonstration of faith, as we close here with this song, and again, as soon as I pray, if you need to go, consider yourselves dismissed you can stay you can worship but we're going to open up these altars now at the close of this service and if you have a physical healing or even internal here a spiritual healing that you say today i want an answer and i, I want to be touched from god then, then would you do this would you would you come down to these altars and and, and or or sit at these front pews and there will be someone here who will will pray with you and, and agree together in Jesus' name. So that what God has done, and thousands of others will happen with you. Again, I want to thank you for joining us here today. I, th I want to thank you for, for, what, for, for, for being a part of this and stepping out in faith. And I want to thank the Lord for His miracle working power. His miracle working power. Jesus, I thank you that you've met with us already here today. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for this first face-to-face -face encounter in which healing was provided. I thank you, Lord, that it was not given there in Luke chapter 4 as a matter of historic record, but rather it was there for us and for every other person who said, Lord Jesus, whatever you have for them, you have for me. And in faith believing, I'm stepping forward and I'm asking for prayer. We thank you, Lord. Now, in the moments ahead or in the 
In the time ahead, we pray, Lord, as we leave this place, that we will leave victorious, that we will leave knowing that we've met with Almighty God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you this morning. Let's worship together. If you need to go, go. If not, come and join us. You are here. You're moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the dark. Yeah.